Welcome to Grown Up, I'm Laura Blair. And I'm Abby Blaze, and we're here navigating 21st century adulthood with our extraordinarily ordinary guests. This week we're going to be chatting about the impact of consumer choices on the environment. So in layman terms, how the clothes that we buy impacts our planet. Today's guest is Munna Suleiman, who is a campaigner at Friends of the Earth. Munna's recent media work includes BBC Radio 5's 20-something takeover day and Channel 5 News' week-long special on the environment. Shall we bring her in? Yeah. Thanks for joining us today, Muna. So you're a bit of an activist. Not going to lie, we were expecting someone to be a bit more like, I don't know, like maybe dreadlocks and... <laughs> I don't know, like tie-dye t-shirt. It's oh, so stereotypical. Yeah. No, you are, but you are speaking my language. Um, yes, uh, because when I got in when I went to uni you're I'm, gonna tell us you had dreadlocks like no you. god forbid uh, well, no dreadlocks looks right in the right context um uh I, when I got into uni I went to a very liberal university and they were like all about the environment and I rejected that mainly because of the stereotypes around it um and like these hippie vibes and like oh my god you know, you know guys that hold the like hug me sign of like yeah. yeah, and I'm just like, that's not, I don't really care, but like, that's not what I'm about. <laughs> um, and, and and then I, ca- I got into uh, climate activism, uh, working with actually a Muslim charity um, who focused on fuel poverty and really linked like the environment, which I thought was like super abstract and like didn't mean anything to me, to like actually impacting the lives of people and how it impacts the lives of poor people. So that's what inspired me and that's what got me into it. Um, and really seeing the intersect between social justice and, and the climate movement is what sparked that passion. So what age were you when you started to think about the environment? So I was, uh, so I'm 26 now, um, I, I was 21. Um, I, when I started it, I did it through an internship, uh, working in campaigning, um, and then I've just been campaigning ever since. And now it's my full-time job as uh, a campaigner at Friends of the Earth to campaign on the environment. So what's Friends of the Earth? So Friends of the Earth, uh, we're an environmental charity. Uh, there is, uh, so Friends of the Earth, England, Wales and Northern Ireland, and there's a separate Friends of the Earth, Scotland. Um, uh, and we w- campaign essentially to fight against the climate crisis, um, but looking at it through the lens of how it impacts people and planet, because I think for us, we can't separate, for example, that it is communities uh, you know, in the global south uh, who are impacted you know, on the front line of the crisis um, and how we solve the crisis has to reflect who is most responsible and then who is facing the harshest impacts. What sort of things do you do as just as yourself, like for the planet, like day to day? Yeah. What changes have you made? Yeah, so I guess like a big change for me is uh, like I don't drive um, uh, public transport, which I know is easier in London. Um, even things like my food practices. So like um, I like dairy. I'm all about oat milk, which is controversial. Oat milk's Why is that controversial? What, what? No, no, no. As in not because it's bad for the planet, but it's more so like people oh. don't like the taste. Oh, <laughs> I love the taste of oat milk. Yeah, there is... I find food shopping is the worst. There's so much plastic. And I think it's, I've he- heard other people say that it's really bad in England, like compared to like maybe other countries. 
that everything's just wrapped in plastic. Yeah, definitely. That's not recyclable as well. Mm. Yeah, so like definitely in, in compared to our like European ca- like counterparts, we're definitely uh, falling behind on some things. And like, you're right, like if I want vegetables, why is my vegetables wrapped in plastic? Yeah. Um, and that goes part to like the bigger part of like the solutions. It's like plastic came back, came around like really in the, like the last 30, 40 years. And when we see the solutions to kind of the plastic crisis is almost reverting back to an older time of just, you know, getting your like glass milk bottles or just you know going down to your local fruit and vegetable um, and things like that yes yeah, so i'm with you i'm like i just want a cucumber today we want to focus on how the things that we buy impact the planet and what we ought to be doing differently as the environment is such a broad topic and laura is a fashion influencer we thought that fashion would be quite a good starting point so Muna, I agree <laughs> do you agree <laughs> <laughs> so how do you think that do you what do you know about how the, the things that we are wearing impact on our environment like what what information do you have for us on that like- yes so fashion is uh, and like textiles is the like the second biggest polluter after oil globally um and when we look at fashion from production to use to like waste it is absolutely plays a massive role in the environment um so and this is where kind of like the term fast fashion is coined from which is essentially when companies are mass producing uh kind of goods and clothes um very cheaply um and then these these clothes are like then discarded because a new trend comes along and we feel encouraged to buy these trends and almost like keep up with the joneses oh yeah usually if they're that cheap they disintegrate like especially if you buy a jumper from a high street brand if you wash it a few times it's gone yeah like you don't really think about that when you purchase like a five pound jumper. It's actually sometimes more worthwhile to invest a little bit more than it's going to last years. No, exactly. Like one of the like one of the solutions uh, in terms of an individual level is buying quality um, and looking at like the thickness, the seam. Like sometimes even holding it up to the light and being like, "Hold on, does this look like it's going to last a bit longer?" Um, as as a way to curb that. Um, but like fa- like fa- like fashion overall, I think. It links with the way that we live in this world. Um, and I don't know if you guys have faced the pressure, but like, you go on, like you get email marketing or you get something you're like, oh my God, new, 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 look great. Oh my God. Mm. Like, like even like the, the Kardashians, for instance. I never thought I'd ever oh, talk about yes, the Kardashians yes. <laughs> in an interview. But like, you know when Kim wears an outfit and then yeah. if you see the scandal of like two days later, Fashion Nova has it. Yeah, of course. I watched a documentary the other day and it was... What's that? What's the modelly one called? Kendall Kendall, Kendall. Kendall had this like bodysuit on in some picture or something, and it all went viral and all like as everything does that she probably wears because she's stunning. And they were this company were like trying to make that like a replicate of that mm-hmm. as fast as they could. They were like this has got to come out before our competitors. We need to make as much money from this as possible. So it was like, do it as cheaply as possible, get it out there. Mm. And it was a massive success in terms of the profit for the company. But what impact does that have on the environment? We're like, we, I, do, I have never thought about this. No, exactly. Until I spoke to you on the phone and I was like, oh, yes. oh yeah. Say if that person bought Kendall's bodysuit or whatever, and then they, let's say not bodysuit, let's pretend it was a woolly jumper. <laughs> a cute bodysuit. Honestly, yeah. no one looks good in that apart from Kendall And it Jenner, was an affordable me. price, but that person who bought that wore it for the next five or 10 years. Yeah. That to me is not fast fashion. No. Because some people can't afford to pay a little bit more for the more quality stuff. So I think 
it's us as people that need to educate ourselves in shopping responsibly, whether that's a jumper from H&M or mm. a jumper from Dior. Just because it's more expensive from, from Dior, I don't think it's better. I think okay. it's how you shop. So if you're buying a different item each week, then that's you contributing to fast fashion not necessarily if you buy a jumper from Primark and that's the only thing you bought all year yeah I think it's also like that that touches up on like a really good point of like questioning why you buy things and why you need things so like you have an event you're like oh my god I need to look cute for an event I'm gonna go buy something that you know you never will wear again and it's like actually stopping yourself be like hold on do I can I get this from a secondhand shop of course can, yeah. there's this great place it's I can't remember I think it's called Our Closet I'll leave it I'll link it some of you guys our mm. closet London or something and I rented a Zimmerman dress for the night it was the cost of maybe like what I'd pay mm. for a Topshop dress I wore a beautiful Zimmerman gown for the night and then I gave it back and I would never have worn it twice do you know what yeah, I mean yeah, so yeah, 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 things yeah. like that are so great and there's more and more I think it's I think a lot of them have tried and failed to like land in the English market but I feel like in the next five years it's going to become massive no it's starting because I think people I, I think the worry is when people talk about uh, kind of fashion in a sustainable way they almost assume you have to look fugly or you have to look it's almost like second hand is synonymous with looking bad or looking frumpy but I think what we need to do is almost change that narrative and stop kind of there is a, a big glamorization for looking a certain way and buying certain things and keeping up with the Joneses and having a different yeah. outfit every, every day the pressure and now that Instagram is around yeah everybody knows that you wore that dress on Saturday yeah. exactly like you don't want to have the same dress like throughout your feed because my instagram's funny because i've noticed that i've got like the same dress on quite regularly but yeah also you get bored of your wardrobe like i don't know if do you ever feel like yeah. i don't i feel fed up of wearing this exact same outfit and it's probably more about something to do with how you feel about yourself rather than mm. what you're wearing but you just get sick of like wearing the same things it's that feeling of something new makes you feel good and we're but that feeling, that sense, yeah. that I feeling guess. goes very quickly yeah but um, I don't know if you've watched my YouTube channel at all. So I do a lot of fashion videos, but the predominant theme of them is that I take an item and style it several different ways. Mm. So people come to my channel and not only like, they don't necessarily buy the piece. They, they in the comments are like, you've given me such great ideas of things I already have in my wardrobe. Mm. So if they do buy an item, I've given them 10 ways to wear it. So I've really tried to incorporate and help women style. So say if you've got that jumper, I've just given you 10 different ideas so you get yeah, that to prevent feeling. the boredom yeah. from in I guess. No you're right and I but I think also like it's the way like society's been constructed it's like I watched this Greenpeace video um and they asked people why do they shop and it was, the answer they gave wasn't for clothes it was because it's a great stress reliever I was feeling you know low my friends all look really nice yeah. there are there are deeper things to the to why we buy yeah. and why we buy it's often. always your emotion that yeah. makes you buy stuff like not, not always but mostly yeah. occasionally it's like I actually need this thing and I think it's good to sit back and think do I need this thing mm. or do I just want this thing can I you know do a bit of a clothes swap with a friend yeah yeah That's yeah, 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 thing. yeah it's like Laura's got she's too skinny for me unfortunately <laughs> but Laura's got like such a great wardrobe it's like if you've got a friend who's like similar size as you swap clothes a little bit because it will give yeah. you that feeling we used yeah. to do that a lot didn't we yeah, like when, when we lived together yeah yeah and there's like sites like depop um and ebay where you can buy if someone's worn something once and they don't want to 
contribute to like waste because waste is a massive problem when we talk about fast fashion they can sell it and it's almost like reusing clothes so you yeah. don't so you can buy things yeah like that have been used once sometimes they haven't even been worn if we look at so um like a shocking stat that I read was that we have what in the UK 30 billion of kind of unworn clothes in our wardrobe mm. um, and a, a chunk of those haven't even been worn once so there's a, there's an element of you buy things and do you actually wear it and then and it just sits there and sometimes you we we if we gave that away and gave that to kind of recycling to our local thrift like not that's American word thrift store I'm like Macklemore <laughs> <laughs> uh, to our local charity shop um, or even uh, you know sold it on Depop and eBay we would be helping to create this like almost economy where it's like recycling reusing and we avoid the production of new clothes and, and yeah. try to think yeah think in a more sustainable way and we talk about fast fashion and like anything really environmental one part of it is like the impact on the environment yeah and then there's this whole other part of actually impact on people which is as important and needs to be seen linked like fast fashion to to turn around clothes that fast you're talking about abuses of worker rights labor labor rights this is the thing that children. i don't think people are aware of i think people and I'm, i say people in a very gen- like yeah, but general public like, yeah. yeah don't understand or don't have the knowledge of what actually happens because it's so far away on the other side of the world I think we're very quick to ignore it or dismiss it or not believe it almost because the British media like to like make things up. Yeah, and it's also why would you want to believe something that's so negative? Like even though we do believe many negative things about our own selves. The current climate, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's so far away that you, it's really selfish and I'm definitely not someone who doesn't do this. I do this myself, but we are selfish as a species species is that the right uh, yeah. yeah a human species yeah. a human species yes, yeah. the homo sapien is a very selfish <laughs> selfish creature what we're facing is like an industry uh, almost like a structural way of working where these clothes are just churned out churned out with fabrics that aren't sustainable um you know affecting people's lives i don't know if you guys heard of the rana plaza kind of fire yeah um so a, a fact you know a, a few years ago a factory in bangladesh burned down because of unsafe working conditions and over a thousand people died because of it um and then i watched a documentary on that and it said you know these, these people are like we don't want people to wear clothes made from our blood um that is obviously staring off from the environment perspective but the idea of we're dealing with an industry and we need to unpick that and it's and we need to make initiatives good initiatives the norm um and not the bad practices are there places in the world where actually these factories where they're making clothes for the western world help people like give them jobs and as as in i'm not i'm not too sure the one biggest thing about the like the fashion industry generally is like secrecy and so supply chains are hard to be transparent um and there's actually a thing called the fashion transparency index um where uh, they basically have 200 global brands they review their practices and then rate them on a scale for how transparent they are in terms of their... Is this public? Yes, this is public. You, oh, can, wow. you can Google it. Um, is this like the detox my fashion thing? No, I think it's a, I think it's a diff- I think it's different. Okay, um, I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and they essentially have, so they rate them out of things like their environmental social policies, their transparency, governance uh, along the supply chain. And out of 200 global brands, the highest anyone rated in terms of transparency was 60 64%. No one got above 70%. Um, and the average is around 20% in Wait, terms of. Is it good to be high or low? It's good to be higher. The more okay. transparent, the higher you are, the what more transparent. What was the best one on the high street? Um, I think the, the was like they rated Adidas, uh, Patagonia, which is no surprise because Patagonia is a. Um, 
uh, quite an environmentally conscious brand. Um, and the lowest one was around like, even like 5% of transparency. Um, so like, so there's elements of like, before we can even say fashion industry do this, which, um, it's like finding out what they're doing and finding out their practices and supply chain. Because a lot of them are really pushing sustainability now. Like yeah. if you go into H&M, I don't know how sustainability, no, exactly. I don't know how sustainable H&M is, but they're definitely pushing sustainable collections. And if you go into a lot of shops, they have like a Zara started doing Zara has, yeah. So mm. I think brands are becoming more aware that the world is changing to be more like knowledgeable on the sustainability factor. Yeah, so so Zara had an announcement a few months ago that by 2025, all of their clothes were going to be made from sustainable fabrics. Mm. Um, That's good. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's like a, it's a welcome step. And I think, it, I mean, it is a welcome step, but I think all announcements have to be seen within the context mm. of that we're working in. Um, and that means at the heart of it, we have to tackle this like extreme consumerism. Yeah. Uh, and if brands on one hand are going to have sustainable clothing and also they did say um, things like a deposit scheme so where you can go return your clothes. A lot of brands clothes. do that now. Yeah. Um, th- there is an element of we need to actually curb the heart of it which is this need for new yeah. this need um, because I think even sustainable is better than obviously some other fabrics but if it's still drawing on resources unnecessarily um, or to satiate this um, kind of like we have to look good we have to look good uh, then I think that is then we're always going to face an imbalance we can't I think that this is almost fighting a losing battle because I know it's really interesting negative. in what sense in that I think that major corporations and brands don't actually care they're only doing it to sorry laura you probably like thinking no. well, don't say that because you no, work no, with no, brands no. but they're only doing it to make themselves look good mm. so they know that people they're care not, they're not doing it to make so themselves th- look good they're doing it to make more as yeah, much money to as make they possibly th- yeah, can to make themselves look good so that people come to them to buy stuff rather than go into the ones that don't make yeah. themselves look good can and I, also sorry no no that's fine they're also i was reading yesterday i had a bit of a google that some of the brands, I don't know which ones exactly, but Google, um, say, oh, we're doing this good thing, blah, blah, blah. But underneath, they're doing all these horrendous things. Mm, mm. So they're using it as a A marketing tactic. 100%. So I'm like, that's like triggering so many different things. But as a consumer, (laughs) we don't have the knowledge to understand what who's right who's wrong what's doing what we just literally see that marketing sustainability yeah so unless and we think we, oh this is a bit better it's a two-way street because you have it's like brands are still going to be rubbish with their sustainability but they're only doing it because us as people are buy like if we stop buying as much yeah then the brands will change have to the, change yeah. it's like what comes first yeah. the chicken or the egg True. Like we have the power on mass like they may have the money and the power in the sense of they're a big corporation and you're like a small person mm. earning like a normal amount of money but if we all started to think about this a bit more we can change that's the only way that's how i no, see it. it i agree with you us. yeah like, i don't think i mean for, for a second that major high streets are doing this out of the goodness of their heart i think <laughs> like they're just sitting there thinking hold on a minute guys it's been a few years of getting this wrong let's try i don't Some people yeah. call it a trend the sustainability trend which is what yeah which is, and it, it needs to be a <laughs> like way. veganism is a trend yeah which, which it can't be um it has to be like <laughs> are you offended as a vegan you're like hold on a minute are you a vegan 
vegan. I'm not a vegan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not precious about it either. Like, I think, um, I know I've got some vegan friends who are like, because some people call themselves vegan, which is when they're vaguely vegan. So like- oh, I must be one of those. <laughs> no, I call myself like, a pretend vegetarian. The flexitarian. <laughs> I'm like, ready. So my friend's like, you can't be a vegan. Like, you've got to be vegan. And I'm like, it's fine. As they're conscious, they're thinking about what they're doing. Like, that is just chill. Um, but yeah, I don't think brands are doing this because it's out of the goodness of their heart. They're going where the culture is going. And if we, and if we change the culture to actually saying, look, the planet, you know, we had this big report saying we had 12 years to change, you know, uh, to, to get our act together if we're going to avoid catastrophic climate change. Uh, you know, like the evidence is clear, the science is clear. And if we see brands and fast fashion as a major contributor to that, then I think that's what they need to see. I, I, I think for me personally, people and our voices collectively have the power to change uh, with the policies of brands. Um, and ultimately, if something is no longer profitable for them uh, and a way of way of working is no longer wor- profitable, then they will, they will have to move. But the thing is making sure it's true change and not, as you say, this marketing or, or what we call greenwashing. Um, uh, of yeah, of sustainable policies. I get a lot of clothes through because of my job mm. from multiple different brands, so I get to experience lots of different clothes. And actually, the clothes that I wear on a regular basis, it's maybe like ten pieces that I've worn for years. So if I was didn't have my job and was a normal person. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely just have a capsule wardrobe because I know I personally just wear about ten items. Mm. Yeah, that yeah. that last. But I, but I think that's I think that's a good way to think about it. It was quite like very organized as well. I've been like, okay, I actually need this, this, and this. I can make this work, and it's not a seasonal trend that you buy into, and then ultimately like either the clothes don't work last, or the the trend moves on, and you feel like you're like, oh my god, hold on, I'm out of sync now. It's figuring out what do you need um, in a way that doesn't compromise looking good, because I do think you can have both. Um, yeah. I think if you get your core products, like what you wear, like for me, it would be jeans, black boots, a coat, a mm. scarf, and then maybe yeah. you can be more regular with your little vest top, change it color. Yeah, you can also mm. like those sort of items, buying cheaply isn't always a good thing, is it? You know, those core items, yeah, if you spend you more money on them it. replace them year after year. Mm. So if you buy a pair of boots for a hundred quid and they break every year, like after you've worn them every single day, what? if you spent a little bit more, maybe 300 quid on a beautiful, well-made pair of boots that last your lifetime. Yeah. Like a Doc, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say brands, but like, like a Doc Martin, which everyone has for years and years. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know the environmental <laughs> practices behind Doc Martens. So I'm not recommended that. But like in terms of something that's actually... I really try to educate. My mum's one of them ones that shop at Next. She does the oh, order. Yeah. I think every mum is like that. <laughs> they yeah. order about 10 items from Next. And I'm like, the amount you spent on Next, you could have had a beautiful coat, which she would have never, even though she spends loads on her house, she'd never dream of investing in like a beautiful mm. coat. And like all that money you've spent on Next and taken back or got rid of a wall once, you could have had this beautiful maybe Burberry coat that you've lasted for 20 years like there's certain brands that i think are iconic that you can just wear for a lifetime and sometimes i think that's better than your fast fashion which you get your wear out of like two two times three times yeah, I, I would also i agree with you in terms of quality but i think sometimes designer doesn't necessarily equal quality as well yeah oh my gosh yes you have um, to 
definitely pick like your a, yeah and there are and, loads of sustainable and even brands high as well. street you can get a really marks and spencer's really good for their quality i love i love my mum does love <laughs> them. like even pick your high street brand better i always say this on my youtube channel marks and spencer's knitwear you can wash it over and over again and it still comes out brand new well i mean yes i agree with you and i think oh, when you said knitwear and washing it just triggered this thing of like microplastics in my hair oh yeah oh, i think whole... i told you this on the phone yeah that shocked i didn't know that so well, tell us about that just yes so know. so a lot of our uh clothes are made from synthetic fabrics like polyester um, yeah um and that is like plastic based um so when you throw that into the wash each wash can produce hundreds of thousands of fibers, these tiny fibers. Um, and these tiny fibers go into our water sources um, and they are like, have been shown that smaller fishes eat the plastic that come from our clothes. But then eventually smaller fish will be eaten by a larger fish. And there is a risk uh, of kind of plastic entering our own food chain they say that don't they yeah. if someone eats too much salmon there's too much like plastic in microplastic there. which is super thin thinner than a human hair yeah uh entering our own, yeah and then you could be eating your own clothes without even knowing it <laughs> which is that's crazy it's crazy to me that the world has been allowed to get to this point like, mm-hmm. why are we? Only, why is everyone only just like getting onto the fact that surely before they started making all these things, the government or someone a higher up would have been like, no, like it. It was. It was very easy to predict that it would go so wrong. Yeah, but I heard somewhere that we're the first generation to be aware of the fact that we're really destroying the planet and that we're the only generation that has the power to do anything about it because we'll reach the point where we're beyond the point of Ooh, no return. Oh, I just return. got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> we have a laugh about that. <laughs> no. That yeah. is, like, terrifying. Like, this is a bit of a tangent. That's but fine. One of the reasons why I wanted to do this topic was the realisation that the Amazon was on fire and that they're the lungs of our Earth and it wasn't really it, we were all focusing on Notre Dame Cathedral yeah, and all I of that. Saw that and that thought like it made me panic it actually made me feel quite anxious and it made me feel really sad and I've never felt sad about the earth before mm-hmm. until that moment of like thinking about it really wasn't that. covered in the media was it no I mean like, it was eventually yeah, and then... but it took a while and even now there are still fires there are always fires apparently that happen each year in the Amazon but a lot of it's to do with us wanting to clear clear it out for Land, farming yeah. and things like that and it's yeah no, it's beyond I, my yeah. like sort of comprehension of like what's really going on also when something's so far away it's really hard to imagine that it's actually genuinely genuinely impacting us and it will and like 100%. and also i think it's really easy for us to not really think about the future generations like your grandchildren that don't exist today but may exist in the future maybe living in a world that you could have done something about and you haven't no, and like I, you're dead yeah. but they have to suffer because of you yeah so like even oh, you're gonna cry then it's like i feel yeah. selfish but myself you, no but hit so there's like i'm like two many things here so like i hear you about 
something happening far away and not connecting it. But you're right, it is happening. Like, there's a town in Wales that could be the UK's first climate refugees. Actually, oh, it's the first time I've cried on the podcast. It's not. I nearly cried when we talked about dead no, people. Yeah, I can't um, really easily. No, no, let it out because, <laughs> no, because I think it is. It's, I'm actually okay. <laughs> I'm a bit shocked. Really Sammy's tired. Crying. I'm just yeah. tired. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> like it, no, I think it's like it's when you, when you talk about climate change. Why am I crying? <laughs> like, well into my speech. You should yes. care. It's good. <laughs> no, you should care. Yeah, but I think there is. There is. Yeah, there is. Um, you're right. Things happen far away, and it's hard to connect it. But the the climate crisis is like happening now. So there's a town in Wales that, that could be the UK's first climate refugees. You know, there's like different coastal towns in the UK. What do you mean? Tell What's you a climate? Tell refugee? me what. That yes. Oh, great. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like jargon alert. Always like jargon. But so um, uh, climate refugees are essentially because of the climate crisis, either things like in this town of Wales, flooding, uh, kind of you know taking over land or the area not being uh, livable anymore through drought, lack of lack of uh, natural resources people are forced to flee where they live um, and this happens is happening already in, in different parts of the world so if we look at Somalia for instance when they face droughts um, that they put droughts mean loss of life loss of livelihoods and displaces people so people then are forced to seek homes uh, elsewhere um, and are in like refugee camps so like this is refugees and climate refugees is happening now but the number will without action continue to rise sharply um and i think we need to like you're right about our future future generations but it's happening now uh, in mozambique they faced um they had a cyclone and it wiped out an entire community from one cyclone um because because many um nations in the global south don't even have the infrastructure to deal with like extreme weather that happens from the climate crisis so i think when we talk about kind of what is happening and how it affects us we need to see ourselves as part of that and it's really about reimagining the world we want to live in um and seeing actually hold on i want to live in a world where i feel like no one has to feel or pay the price um for something they didn't contribute to and, and like like you as an individual you should like you should feel like hold on i i can do something i should do something but i don't i don't want individuals being like well i'm it's my fault well that's it because yeah 100 companies we know 100 companies cause 71 percent of emissions so like just 100 companies what companies so these are mainly fossil fuel companies google this yeah um so the, so the so the guardian did actually a recent uh, like study or like expose investigation and they listed the like top 10 most polluting companies um and you can see how much they contribute so there is we as individuals play our role like in terms of like being awake and like woke and understanding how our own actions contribute but then we have a role in forcing greater change yeah. and the bigger change i think it's easy for one person to be like oh it doesn't matter what my, those like companies. one person yeah but we need to make we need to change our mindsets because the companies are just doing what we want because they're wanting to make money off us so if we as a individual or change our mindset and shop and do stuff that's more environmental friendly yeah and they won't feel the pressure if if we're like oh companies it's companies fault i'm one person what can i do and then we just exist in a world where we don't come together and fight for the world we want to live in they've got they've got no reason to change or no reason to stop all the bad things happening because they've who is forcing them like and yeah. it's so hard to learn because I've just been told a number of things that I had no idea of. Mm. One of the reasons I wanted to, I'm going to be doing it a lot on my YouTube and stuff, just not going, I'm eco-friendly, this is my brand, this is who I am, but mm. I just want to 
take my audience on a journey and start yes. to learn. And yes. as I learn, I want to help them learn too. So it's kind of more of like a journey that we're going to go on. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah, because yeah. otherwise it's overwhelming to if you just suddenly yeah. go, that's it, I'm a vegan, I'm no, not going to wear this, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Because you're always going to, it's almost impossible to actually yes. be like totally Neutral. Because the world we live in has been created in a way that isn't sustainable. So Naomi Klein, who is um, a great author uh, uh, on the environment, she, uh, she, uh, someone asked her about like, so what if someone called you a hypocrite, for instance? And she was like, "I there is no way, I'm not, this is not kind of verbatim, but there is no way that you can exist in a world and not be a hypocrite. Because from, you know, planes or driving cars or even the food we eat, the clothes we wear. Like we do, the world has been created in a way that it harms the planet and it's done like in an unsustainable way. So I don't think, I think you need to like, we all in some way by engaging this planet, even sometimes been like, oh my God, I'm out of the house, I forgot my water bowl. Oh my God, a plastic water bowl. So like, I don't think you need, I think there's an element of like removing shame because I don't think it's constructive mm. um, and, and not holding yourself, like there's, holding yourself to the fact that I want to do better, I want to be better, I want to change actions and call for greater change. But not in a way where it's like, I must be the bastion of all environment, all environmental goodness in a way that actually could be quite damaging to you in the long run because yeah, we're human and it's about creating change and holding the right people to account. Mm. It's also really difficult when it's, it's more affordable to be Naughty. less environmentally friendly an example of this and we were talking about our love of M&S before but I, I shop in M&S a lot um, the food section and even in like someone like M&S where you think oh they'd be good for the environment they have like their pink lady apples I love an apple uh, <laughs> the pink lady apples that come in non-recyclable plastic yeah. as a four cost less money than if you buy them individually so it's like so frustrating because you're like i just like why yeah why yeah, it doesn't yeah, yeah. even need to be like it doesn't need to be in a packaging yeah at all it's loose fruit just give me fruit that's what i want no i 100 percent agree with you and when it comes to like packaging generally it is if you have you ever had a delivery and you're like oh my god i've just got a box here <laughs> this why? happens all the time i get a lot of the bloggers in the industry get so annoyed because we'll have a tiny new product yeah. for product launch and it will become in the most biggest box right. i get rid of from just like brands sending me stuff three whole bin bags every three days of wow. packaging and that's not me like we've said as mm. a whole I think the mm. community it's like please stop sending us we just want the product because I have to A I have to sit with all that stuff in my yeah, house yeah, cardboard yeah. boxes I have to unwrap it but that packaging is so bad in every aspect not just from like my industry but like why do we have no. packaging it's become it's to make us sell it and it's from evidence so if someone's got fabulous branding we must buy it more mm. so therefore other brands do it so us as a community or like we need to stop like what's it called being a fool and buying into yeah. the packaging the marketing and just go for like strip back yeah, yeah and like recycling is in the answer there's like another shock fact for you maybe maybe not even shocking but only nine percent of plastic waste has ever been recycled nine nine percent what yeah nine because i wonder we have in where i live the plastic thing we have to put everything in the plastic bag and mm. put it outside with the garbage 
who goes through that? Because I swear there must be so much stuff that in there that people have got wrong. Yeah, so there are there are like recycling centres, but like rec- recycling as a whole is confusing because in the UK anyway, it's literally like borough to borough that decides yeah. what can be recycled or yeah, not. So a lot of the packages yeah. say check your local. I thing. always yeah. stick that in the recycling. If it says check I'm it, done. I'm like I'm not checking it. Which was awful. Which that most people must do. I reckon it. in a few years' time we're going to be fine for getting it wrong because that must must. Just so someone's so got a route time. through yeah. that garbage. In a way, though, this is like me being completely and utterly lazy. But like I've, I don't do this. But sometimes I'm like, I don't, I'm not sure. So I just generally put it into the recycling. But if you put all your stuff into the recycling, surely someone's got to sort through it. But then what does that mean? If someone's yeah. the man hours of like, yeah. if you can't be asked to like actually check it, but you want it to go through the recycling. No, no, it's sort through. It and recycling. if like, if something can't be recycled, then it means it could be like like basically removed and not recycled or like thrown away so eventually hitting like landfills or uh, potentially like incinerators um, if Mm. it can't be recycled Um, but it's just it's really confusing but my like top tip for people would be to like look at the back of your it's sometimes really hard to find on the triangles on a a like a pack food package in particular it's sometimes you have to like stunt and who's got that time when they're thrown out the garbage to look it it probably do but they don't, they don't make it easy for people. No, it's almost like if it's not recycled, they want to hide it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But also sometimes you can get you can get like something, and then like the one bit of it will be recyclable, and like the clean, the film that it comes in isn't recyclable. So you just assume yeah. that the instructions apply to everything when actually only one tiny bit of yeah. this is actually recyclable. I actually find just from the stuff that I do that fashion brands are a lot better at having recycling recyclable packaging than food. So a lot of the the fashion brands, I can recycle their plastic, but ASOS, that kind of parcel mm. that comes in, a lot of their stuff is recycled, comes in boxes, whereas food tends to be very unrecyclable. Yeah. Am I saying recyclable is wrong? No, <laughs> it sounds, <laughs> sounds okay. It sounds fine, it sounds fine to me. Recyclable or recyclable? Recyclable. <laughs> Maybe you've said it a few times now, it's just lost its meaning. <laughs> You're like, oh. welcome to the podcast on recyclable. <laughs> recyclable um but you're right like but ultimately we need to like recycle recycle but reuse um and then just like stop like the company needs to stop producing so much plastic because recycling isn't going to get us yeah. out of there why do they use plastic is plastic really cheap to make compared to like i don't know i mean even if they were using cardboard it's like you have to cut down a tree for that don't you yeah so there's often like <laughs> so like you know the kind of plastic stra- straws for instance um which is really good that we're being kind of aware um of like you know use a straw for 20 minutes but then that straw will last for like hundreds of years um and use it but now a lot of places are swapping plastic for paper but sometimes paper isn't a good option because you can't even recycle that once it's just thrown into but it could be thrown into like an incinerator mm. so there's an element of uh, even when we think about even like fashion and like plastic we need to question do we need this why do we need this why do we have this and sometimes swapping it out for like a like for like or a, another product isn't the answer it's actually tackling at the root cause like why do we need this we don't um, need straws yeah some, some people do like in terms of disabilities um, oh yeah uh, but yeah. but that's not the vast majority yeah but most people don't need a straw yeah. and there are people who probably use straws to drink coffee so that they don't but I feel like us as humans are so brainwashed by marketing, so yeah. brainwashed. And it's like, do we need this? Absolutely not. But we've got adverts that we don't even know that we're like consuming, mm. telling us that we do. It's like, 
it is the chicken and the egg. We need to almost be blind to these adverts. So when we think we need something, we need to question it ourselves. Yeah, we yeah truly question it. Um, and I think there is, if people want, there are like places you can come to like Friends of the Earth, for instance, or other charities where you can find information out in like a really digestible way. Because I think sometimes the barriers is some people don't feel they're smart enough or they need to have X level of knowledge to even engage in the debate. But the, the, like simply you're a person that exists in this world. You don't want your world to be blighted with plastic or fast fashion or anything else like that. You have a right and your voice needs to be heard. Um, so I, I, yeah, I think we need to make sure that uh, brands f- hear the right message from us um, and, and eventually follow where we go. Um, but yeah, and, and, and have an incentive, like almost like a, there's like, there is collateral damage or damage for them not being in sync with the, the world we want to live in. Um, and, and that and that needs to be heard loud and clear. I found this website called Fashion Beans, which is www.fashionbeans.com. And I, this really resonated with me. It's the whole idea of like corporations and how they're basically immoral. And this is what this is what I read. So corporations are ultimately immoral. They care about profit, not whether children can breathe. And as long as their customers are willing to buy two pound T-shirts, they'll keep churning them out. But that means that the power to change is in your hands. Yeah, that's a very true statement. Yeah, that really resonated with me. I was like, yeah, it's it's we've got to take a bit of responsibility. Mm. Do you have any tips that for our listeners and us yes. about what we can be doing? So I'm going to run through a list. Um, so the first thing I think we've touched upon is awareness. Question whether you really need something um, and try to like dismantle linking buying clothes with how you feel uh, and as a way to combat kind of um, your... maybe more buy clothes and look at it how long is this going to last me yes. how, yeah. how much wear am I going to get out of it exactly uh, recycle your clothes if you no longer need it but it's still wearable give it away to your local charity shop or, or sell it, buy it on Depop as a way to avoid waste um, each year in the UK we have 200 million items are sent to the landfill so that is that is a great way to keep it in keep it in the economy um, and avoid the landfills um as I said, buy better clothes. The the stitched, there's a, is the kind of the thread, is the is the zipper long lasting. Often plastic ones probably won't be. Um, and yeah, test it. Sometimes you can even pull the fabric and see if it holds or if it just alters to the the, the shape. Pull it gently because we don't need ruining <laughs> <laughs> uh, clothes. Uh, yeah, secondhand clothes. Uh, charity. I love charity shops. Yes. When I was in my teenagers, how much did I yeah. used to go charity shops? This is true. And I actually yes. used to get a buzz out of people asking me where it was from, and I'd be like, Oxfam. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, I th- I think interesting. I've had the opposite experience. I think there is a link between. Um, like class and sometimes because when you're like when you've come from a poorer background sometimes you just don't want to seem poor yeah in the sense they like if i i'm going on a uh, tangent but like you don't want to seem poor so you're like no this is uh, you know gucci or whatever because you're like i want to be as far away as possible from people thinking that i can't afford clothes it's all about it's all like keeping it's up with the joneses isn't well. it yeah. it's like the staying up with the kardashians yeah, keeping up with the Kardashians. maybe you That's can what it is now, that. It? i really <laughs> don't like the kardashians as in <laughs> i'm sure they're lovely people yeah. but as a brand i feel like they're up to blame for a lot a of things t- <laughs> a toxic brand. like they're yeah. they're definitely to blame for like bum implants and cheek fillers and lip fillers <laughs> just the, yeah the idea of an image and this is that this is what we're kind of a mold that we need to follow but the thing is it's like 
pe- people get things for free or they have a certain like a bank balance and we're all tra- we're all killing ourselves on the planet to achieve this perfection that isn't real and yeah. that's what we need to yeah i always say, say don't i that instagram people on instagram don't look like they oh do god they life. do not that that is spent also spent hours editing as well which I find really toxic, in it, not in terms of the climate, but like just body image and how you look and getting used to your actual face, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. which is important, getting used to your face. Yeah, it's gonna um, age, get over it. Life <laughs> happens. And then maybe final few things, maybe repair your clothes if you can. Um, if you've got a hole in it, it doesn't need to be thrown away. Like simple needle and thread sometimes could be useful. Um, or find someone that can stitch, yeah. like Laura's Aww. good at stitching. <laughs> Everyone will be sending you their, their broken like, clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what's, yeah, and then can you, can you go to a swap shop can you and you and a friend swap clothes I think the friend one is key like yeah. every so often just take a bag around to each of those houses do a swap there's parties that you can do isn't it where you got people yes, have yeah, a whale yeah, of time yeah. my ass yeah. <laughs> except none of the clothes would fit them I'd be like oh this is lovely oh, like with your friend my it's, it's <laughs> true when we used to live together it was the best scenario because when I got bored of my wardrobe we'd delve into Abby's and vice versa Yeah, we did, never delved into the other housemates like I don't trust them (laughs) they're not my vibe Um, and then finally if you can buy clothes with better fabric Mm -hmm. Um, so like organic cotton trying to move away from the synthetic materials yeah I've noticed on ASOS that there's a section now which is like sustainable fashion I've not looked into how sustainable that is but you can just go on ASOS and look into that section Mm. where it, it gives you your options so you don't have to traipse around like confused because it is confusing isn't it yeah or why not challenge yourself like people do it with plastic free all the time like be like i've got two months i'm not gonna buy any new clothes for two months yeah. let me see if i can if i can do the swap shops if i can go like charity shops depop challenge yourself and then i think once you once you're a at least that will show you just how often you want to buy new things mm. um and at least that awareness can help you going forward i think there's two questions you should ask yourself before you buy anything. Will I wear it this time next year? There's another one. <laughs> <laughs> Can I pair it with something else? Or? Yeah, and how many... Th- yeah. <laughs> Where's this go with I'm just going to edit this out. Yeah. And ha- <laughs> Start from the beginning. <laughs> I'll just cut it out. And how many times that you can wear it with different things? And if you can't answer that question, don't buy it. Mm, that is, I think that's, that's a golden rule. Yeah. So how do you... What you work with Friends, Friends of the, the Earth. Earth. How do people like, tell me what the website is? Let's talk about Friends of the Earth. Yes. So just very quickly tell us how they yes. get hold of a bit so you, more info. You can Friends find us on friendsoftheearth.uk. They've taken out the dot co's. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's a thing now. Okay. Um, so dot uk. Um, and you can um, you can go on there. You can find out the latest what we're doing with all our different campaigns and how you can get involved. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh my god, I want to do something, you can join our local groups, which is our climate action groups, um, and they come together to work locally to fight for things that matter to them, um, and then help change local, national, and then international in by doing that. Um, you can join us. Um, you can yeah, sign a petition to let the government know what you want but I think what we want to do is create a space where everyone feel like they can, everyone can take action at different levels um, and ultimately move from a space of like panic to hope and action because we need to be in a space where we can take and awareness action. as well yeah exactly um, because I think if we're if we're panicked and it's paralyzing fear that does 
no good for anyone um and it's about hope and change and believing we can create the world we want to live in i'm gonna go home tonight and create a few changes yay Yay! i'm gonna send those clothes back (laughs) (laughs) and excuse me can you pack any less packaging (laughs) thank you for listening today everyone if you've enjoyed our conversation please let us know and leave us a five-star review also don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss out on an episode and we'd also love it if you could follow us on social media at grown up underscore official bye